0: This week on Slash Reveal, it is the 13th episode, which is we have to to talk some Friday the 13th, and we've got a little interview with an up-and-coming filmmaker, and you know we ask him some Friday the 13th questions along the way, so stay tuned for that.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Jim, how are you doing? How are you? Bal Kang. Bal Kang. We'll get to that interview at the end of the
0: show. I'm doing good. Dale, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. I'm doing so good. Um, it, we're, we're still getting over uh, the Halloween kills hangover. There's some more news f- for the next movie coming out. You know what? Fuck it. Let's let's lead with this. Okay. Cause I know, I know this is Jason's day. This is Jason's episode, but real quick with Mike. So they sent the script to John Carpenter. Oh yeah. A, you got <laughs> to get the blessing.
1: Is it just me? Or do you picture him as like a Pope hat? Like, we're sending, it, <laughs> we're sending it to be blessed. And he's like, in the name of the father and the son. and or I, he's I like,
0: f- no, I cannot bless this one. I feel it's more of a big deal to them than it is to John Carpenter.
1: Did you see the interview where he's like, I open my hand. I say, go ahead. I open my hand. And then they put a check in it.
0: Yeah. It, it's like, I always think of the, the Rob Zombie one. Where Rob oh. Zombie's like, yeah, John didn't like this, that, and the other. And you know what? I don't even like those movies anyway. And then John Carpenter was like, he said that shit? I told him, just to go make the fucking movie you want to make. What a prick. Yeah. They <laughs> like, called him a piece of shit or something. <laughs> John don't care. It. But they sent him the script. And you know we don't know what the verdict is from John. But uh, apparently, and this is from Dread Central uh, regarding the script. He compares this draft to Christine, John Carpenter's Christine, and says it has a very different tone. Um, From what it sounds like, here's another line. Uh, The final Halloween film is something of a coming-of-age story with not a lot of wittiness and retro joy. Uh, I think there was another line somewhere about how it's kind of like a, not a love letter, but a celebration or some sort of John Carpenter's whole career and big filmography or something like that. Okay. So I, I don't I don't know what the fuck's going on. I mean, Halloween kills was a, a different breed from Halloween 2018. And they told you that from the jump. It's good. Yes. So violent. And it was, but it was other things too. So we'll see next year. What the fuck this Halloween ends is going to be coming of age film. What the
1: fuck? That is a very odd-sounding blessing. They gave, it to, they gave it to John, and John said, it's kind of like Christine. And no, he really- didn't. No,
0: I don't think he said this. This, okay. is, all, this is all the filmmakers just describing it. John hasn't, he hasn't even fucking read it yet. He's he like, never
1: will. It's like picking a pope. They're looking for the white
0: smoke. White like, <laughs> yeah, smoke, he, black smoke. Has he blessed our script yet? It's just like there's a lot of green smoke coming out of there, but... Uh, <laughs>
1: The Shit. Rock is still waiting for him to bless The Big Trouble in Little China remake <laughs> He's got like a backlog of things to bless
0: He's got a stack of scripts that he's Never gonna use, Look, never gonna
1: see I'm not gonna get to these blessings I have, uh, I have music to make for Halloween He just jams out
0: But bless, like, the, bless them Bless them If <laughs> the movie comes out next year, give them, just give him the courtesy blessing <laughs> I mean, is he still gonna produce it? Wouldn't it be weird for him not to bless it? But he's like Maybe? executive producing it what if because you know halloween kills was divisive what if what sure. if he's hot about it what if he didn't like how it ended up so maybe he is gonna what if look at it closer closely <laughs> <laughs>
1: well what if and how awkward is that gonna get and, and like you said he in the past he said i don't know why people ask me about all the sequels and the remakes all I do is I, I open my hand, and when they make another Halloween, they put a check in it. That's all I care about. And and, and then this was the first one where we heard they were going to bring it to him to be blessed, and then he blessed it. 2018. So, yeah, maybe he is hot about it. It was very divisive. It got pretty beat up by reviewers and critics, and, you know, I I get it. We, we watched it. I saw someone on Instagram posted, hey, I thought this one was way better than uh, Halloween 2018. Uh, do you agree? And I said, strongly disagree, but I respect how much you love it or something. I, I tried to be nice, but honest. They were asking you. Oh, OK. I well, they were asking John. No, they were asking Slasherville. Slash, you know, that's us. It's an account I follow. They were asking all their followers. Hey. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I really liked it. I thought it was even better than 2018.
0: Okay. It depends Do you what agree? You like. It depends what you like. Depends what you like. Come on. Mm. And honestly, if and, and we talked about it, but if you replace the Tommy Doyle with more killing, you replace the suicide stuff with more killing. I, it's probably my favorite movie of all goddamn time, but it's got some things uh, holding it back a little bit, but we will talk about. Halloween ends. Later on, we will talk about John's blessing if and when it comes. But today, it's for Big J, episode 13. And I came across a a, a listicle. It's a list. It's an article. It's a listicle from CBR.com. And I didn't look at them, but I saw the headline, and I said, let's bring that to the show. 10 things that make no sense about (laughs) camp. Crystal Lake. I was going to read
1: numbers. it. And you said, Hey, I never read these ahead of
0: time because it's more fun. And I said, That's a good idea. I'm not going to read this. Well, you know, maybe it's wise for one of us to know what the fuck's going on. But let's both go in blind here. Yeah. And let's see uh, 10 things that, that just don't make sense over there at Camp Crystal Lake. Number 10, the location of the camp keeps changing. What <laughs> does it? Um, I think they're just talking about the, the physical filming locations kind of look different here and there because they're shooting in different actual locations, Jersey wanna, here, Georgia there. You know,
1: you want to maybe tell me what, what website are we talking about? Uh, hey, C- do you remember movies.org? I said this is from CBR. Oh, comic, com. comic book resources or something. What is that? Comic book research yep it.
0: <laughs> nobody knows what vr is and cbr i have no joke for that
1: but we know the cb is comic books yeah you had a joke for it but you thought better <laughs> of it you know what year it is <laughs> if we did this po- can you imagine if we did this podcast as high schoolers
0: oh man <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm glad uh social media wasn't a thing yeah. oh that's, man that's for sure so cb the uh, location of
1: of they Camp just, Crystal yeah, Lake,
0: okay, yeah, I could see that. If you are a simpleton and you are watching these movies and you are seeing it, at, you know, look differently. It's, well, they shot it in different places. It's supposed to still be Camp Crystal Lake. It's still supposed to be in Boise. Yeah, you are fine. Everything's fine. Uh, does it look that different though? Well, sometimes it's uh, always like, a lake. Yeah, and the, like the lodges were different, like like in the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I, I really like that. So, yeah, it's but like, they they called it different things. If they mean
1: that it looks weird because the physical location is different, that's one thing. But if they're saying they don't like how not all of them are at the camp and that the locations in the story change, I mean, that's just story. I mean,
0: how do yeah, you justify? Number 10, yeah, number 10. There's just got to pad these stats here. Let's see yeah, what I guess. nine is. It might not be much better. Why do people keep coming back? Makes no sense. They do all right with that. They, they, I think they do. I think they, they do all right with it. Like, there's a lot of bases they do not cover in these movies, which I wish they would. This is one they usually mention. Mm-hmm. Like, I was too good of a real estate deal, and I, you know, or whatever the fuck. I don't think that was ever one of them. No, <laughs>
1: no, but you're onto something. <laughs> too good to pass up. That's usually oh. a Halloween one, like the Myers house. Like, you wait, you moved us into the Myers house? Yeah, yeah, I moved us and uh, you and that. Uh, Big
0: John.
1: <laughs> little bastard here. Little, little bastard. Yeah, that. yeah, I think what people, when you're writing for CBR.com and you're just trying to get an article out, you probably overlook that uh, part one is at the camp. Part two is five years later at a different camp on that lake. And then parts three and four are just at people's like cottages on the lake, not at the camp. Mm hmm. But, you know, it's yeah. CBR. Give them a little credit.
0: And it is comic book resources. We've nailed it. We've done resources. <laughs> well, who names a website that? Comic book C- resources. CBR. No. Number eight. Why have there not been any preventative measures? Of what? Letting, letting people use it, I guess. I don't that, know. That's the headline?
1: It's just it reads just like that. I don't know. That's kind of weak.
0: It seems rather absurd that in film after film, the local law enforcement seems not only inept at stopping visitors from running afoul of the Voorhees menace, but outright belligerent in their handling of the situation.
1: So they mean part six.
0: I guess. Is basically it. Uh, so so well, they, th- they so. This, this writer just wants it fucking sectioned off barbed wire no
1: but to me th- that sounds like you're trying to squeeze two out of one because th- you're basically saying the same thing you're saying as why do people keep coming back
0: yeah true that's a uh,
1: because the preventative measure would be nobody
0: gets to come back <laughs> what are you gonna have six reasons that it makes no sense to come on Num- two number two big reasons <laughs> and then some other ones some stoner thoughts number seven things that make no sense at camp crystal like what happens to all the final girls that doesn't make sense uh... okay i i'll give them i'll
1: give them credit on this one we know we know what happens to the first final girl uh alice final she gets finaled she gets finaled in part two yeah but very good point um jenny lives in part two don't see her in part three part three person who's not jenny lives don't see her uh we see what happens to tommy but we don't see tommy's sister again so Mm. she would be the final girl of four we don't see her ever again yeah weird we I'll i'll give them that yeah the yeah basically all of the other ones where do where are they in the next one
0: and nowhere I think a lot of these are going to tie into the fact that this place is incredibly unsafe. And uh, to quote the, the journalist here, it seems odd that the world will continue to ignore their warnings. So, yeah, that would make sense that they would survive and tell the story. And then he had a mask and he killed all my friends. Da, 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 da. Um, but yeah, we never really get to see that. We yeah, really get to see that. Fair enough.
1: And in part one, though, like f- coming out of part one, there is no dispute that what happened happened. You know, they find all the bodies and Alice whacked Pamela's head off and they found all that. So, uh, but yeah, after two, there's another pile of bodies. And after three and four, there's piles and piles of bodies. And then what do they do in six? We're going to reopen. Yeah. Camp forest green. Don't call it crystal lake. God damn it. How about camp blood? no, <laughs> It's even worse. <laughs> yeah, that's even worse. Tom, come on. <laughs> who who let him in here? Uh,
0: number six, and this uh, still ties into the big theme here. Who keeps trying to reopen this place? Doesn't make Nobody. sense. at Camp Crystal Lake, yeah. Well, just the, just the
1: one, the one time, really. Yeah, there's I a mean, lot, sometimes it's just people living there. It, I uh, mean, that's yeah. most of the movies. They try and reopen in one try and reopen in two different Mm -hmm. camp, same lake, five years later. And then they try and reopen in six. All right, so out of a nine, if we we don't count the reboot, let's count Jason X. It counts. Uh, Freddy versus Jason, we won't count. So out of those ten, reopening a camp only happens in three of them. And in in part one, it's the first time.
0: Come on, Stop stop giving them a hard time. Yeah. Why? Are you expecting them to watch the movies they're they're, they're doing their <laughs> article on? Come no, on, no, you're right. I shouldn't see. I, I. It goes back to that, like who's trying to reopen this place. I like. I like my real estate. <laughs> I like my real estate angle. It's Got to do it. It's like Mor- Jaws
1: meets Friday the Thirteenth. Dale's mortgage guy is trying to sell you guy. a trying to sell you a Hell campground.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah! But now just you're pre-approved. Just. Sense- yes. <laughs> But just that sentence that you said, same lake, different camp. When you said that, my brain sparked up and I pictured a map with the lake, and then you know, different checkpoints on that map around it. Like here's camp this, here's camp that, wakachabi, and all that shit. And I'm like, oh man, if I ever do my Friday the 13th, that's Jaws meets Friday the 13th, I'd I'd love a greatest hits. I'd want to revisit all. Of those past camps trying to solve this mystery of Jason Voorhees. Wouldn't that be great? A trip down memory lane without being obnoxious about it. I think that could be, be nice. Fun. I think that could be fun. Number five. How did the Jarvis family survive for so long? Jim? Doesn't make sense. Not bad.
1: That's not a bad one. Because they this- presumably had that cabin for a while. But we don't really know how long they lived at the cabin. Like maybe Dad just died, and they said, "You know what? For this summer, we're all gonna, we'll just stay at the cabin all summer." You know? Yeah. Maybe they don't live. Maybe that's not their permanent home, and they were just spending a lot of extra time there that summer.
0: Maybe that's not his permanent home. We don't know. <gasps> Where's he go? We don't know. I know <laughs> it's so exciting. I mean, but again, that's
1: one night. It was like two, three, four. That's a weekend. Yeah. And people forget that. Yep. 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 They're looking for more resources.
0: Number four. Oh yeah. You got to give them this one. Uh, This is a, this is a gimme. Good. How how does Crystal Lake connect to the ocean? Oh yeah. I've said that myself. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You got it. You got that, that one. I got no disputes on. That's a, a number one oh yeah i hope i hope when you started this article
0: that was one of them
1: that was like the first one you thought of
0: <laughs> because
1: people have been saying that for years this is supposed to be a lake in the forest and somehow he gets that little fishing boat it's out
2: channel
1: to... <laughs> just, you know there's always a channel out to the sea that all these camps what the hell? There's not even a river. We don't even see a babbling brook, really. And somehow there's a channel that we just didn't know about on Crystal Lake. Let's in the northeast corner and see Camp Crystal Lake is further south. Um, makes no sense.
0: So if that's number four, let's see what the top three are going to be here. Maybe they keep getting better. I hope so. Number three. This just doesn't make sense about Camp Crystal Lake. How can Toxic Waste de-age someone? That's a movie. Toxic when did- Waste is the go-to for, I just need to have magic shit done.
1: Okay, but, okay. I see, I know what they're referencing. Of course I do. Mm-hmm. But I thought this was about Camp Crystal Lake. What the fuck does that have to do it, yeah. with Camp Crystal Lake at all? They were in the sewer in manhattan and the toxic waste we okay part eight is a is a shit show but clearly they're going for some other worldly fantastical phantasmy stuff in that when she when she sees the vision when the main character i don't remember her name that's why i used a pronoun um she sees baby you know little kid jason and no one else does and then the toxic waste melts him down and Uh, We don't know for sure if the leading guy also sees little baby Jason guy. Yeah. But clearly, they're going Mm -hmm. for some weird shit.
0: Yeah. And like you said, it's not even Camp Crystal Lake disqualified. Uh, Can I get? How does Toxic
1: Waste de-age someone? Uh,
0: Number two. Things that just make no sense at Camp Crystal Lake. How did, did Jason survive for so long? That's what number the, two. What the fuck, because it's a movie. <laughs> that's, that's the whole premise. He's a mysterious monster man. That's Zombie number guy.
1: That's number two. It has nothing to do with the lake either. Not the lake itself, but the lake and
0: surrounding areas. I mean, unless she wants it to be. Unless the author wants it to be part of Camp Crystal Lake's lore giving him the power to survive Feel <laughs> the power of the lake uh he
1: it's the woods there is a lake there are animals you can hunt you can fish it seems to be a pretty fertile area Ugh. and he has a cabin and maybe he's got a caretaker and a handler
0: i don't i'm gonna read this whole paragraph here because i don't like it maybe uh the fucking sheriff Maybe Hopper brings him egos. We don't know. That'd be fun. Little caretaker, like with Michael and five, and he just kills him. Um, so, so here's here's a little blurb on how did Jason survive for so long? <clears throat> a question that is posed not just once during the franchise, but multiple times. In the first film, it is said that Jason drowned at the age of eleven in 1957 the movie's prologue is set in 1978 and the contemporary events are set in 1979 this would make jason at least 33 years old during the proceeds of the first four entries how then could an 11 year old child survive alone in the woods not just for one year but for 22. sure audiences see his little shack In part two, but who taught him how to survive, to hunt for food, how to drive, or even how to build such a structure? Jason may become an invincible zombie like tornado of destruction in later entries, but for the first four, he was still merely human.
1: See episode one, yeah, of Slasherville, and we've got this all laid out for you. There are so many possibilities that I froth at the mouth thinking about writing them down. So <laughs> I mean, is he, maybe he's already is dead. Maybe he's with Pamela yeah. the whole time. I mean there's so oh, many yeah, we different went, yeah we went yeah. deep. You know what? Who is it? Who is it from CBR? Who wrote it? Uh Jay Adande. J. A Adonde. I need you to go to Slasherville, go to Anchor. .fm forward slash slash reveal pod find episode one Friday the 13th. Everything is answered for you. There are so many possibilities. Oh, he's plugging. He's always
0: plugging. We did though. That's the best part. Yeah. It's we- literally the first episode. Did that for you. All right. So here it is. Number one, Friday the 13th. Things that make no sense about camp crystal Lake. Where was Jason during the first episode? From where was he she's frustrated it doesn't make sense (laughs) you know what uh uh-huh i uh
1: i I agree and (gasps) it's something fans of fans of the series have often talked about this but that's number one uh okay and and that just adds to the spice, doesn't it? The spice? He's in his cabin. He's at his house, maybe, with Pamela. Or, he, you know, she leaves him locked up in the basement while she goes to murder counselors. They've said this in
0: follow-up films. They were like, he watched his mother get beheaded. So that's where he was. There. The whole time. Woods, shack, whatever. Yes. They mentioned it. See, the fact that Sav- Savini's... Uh...
2: <laughs> Don't- See, they got you
0: (laughs) now. The fact that they came up with that Jason out of the water, pull it, pull her out at the end was almost an ad lib. That really fucks with your continuity and stuff. But I mean, it's fine because that's just you know, was it a vision? There was no boy. All that. It's a dream. It's a dream. But you could say twenty-two-year-old Jason or whatever was was there. He was there. I think they. I'm trying to remember which Friday it was. In part
1: two, Mm. in the beginning, when the when they're they all all the counselors are around the fire, and the main counselor, the blondie guy, his name Steve. No, I don't remember his name. He is telling the story of Jason, and he is the one who says it was that night he saw his mother beheaded.
0: Yeah. So.
1: We don't know because it's just a story he's presumably making up, but it may be legend from town. We don't know for sure if he's just making it up to scare everyone on the fly. Or or that is the screenwriter's way of working the exposition in, but it's supposed to also be the real storyline. Either I, th- way.
0: And I think it's both. And I think it's great. That cause that's that is an answer that needed to that is a question that needed to be answered. And, you know, you're filling people in who this might be their first movie and all that shit. So I think I think that's great. And plus, I love the visual of a confused. You know, monster man in the woods watching that we never really get that angle. We never get that, you know, Halloween kills alternate timeline angle over the shoulder shot of him watching uh, Pamela fight uh, Alice in that uh, fight. You know, that'd that'd be pretty cool. Maybe he's maybe there's you know, moments in that where he's stepping up to like, I'm going to intervene, but he doesn't. You know, maybe, that, maybe that's why he's so mad after this, why he's got all this rage. I stood there and did nothing like a coward. I will not be a coward anymore.
1: It could be that the, the the whole interpretation of part one changes once you've seen part two and you, there is a reading of part one you could take where um, some of the sc- The kills where you see no part of the killer off screen. That could be Jason. He could be doing half the work or something. We don't know. We
0: don't know. We don't know. Man. So that is CBR.com's Friday the 13th. 10 Things That Make No Sense About Camp Crystal Lake by R.A. Daunton. Decent little. That's not the name you told me four (laughs) minutes
2: ago.
1: By R. A. Daunton, you just gave me a complete. You said like J. Adonde or something. What are do you? Do? You're killing me, Dale. <laughs> you're trying gross. to make me look soft.
0: You're not putting my stuff over. Um. <laughs> yeah, I would just suggest uh, watch the movies. If you're going to do a list, <laughs> would would be my suggestion because half yeah. of the, half of that's answered and. And I'm not taking hard shots here, but and, but and you'll you'd have a much better, more interesting list. Watch those movies because there's a lot of goofier shit where you that make you scratch your head. So, but I, I get it. You know, you got to get the clicks. You got to get got to get your got get your money. So I'm not mad at you. Plus, it's a fucking horror article next to a million Marvel articles. So right, I'm not right. Mad at you? No, we're we're not
1: even busting balls. I don't think to to use the term. Uh, that people use about ball busting. We're just having fun with it. And we, we go harder into this than most people do. So it's fun to hear an article like
0: this. Yeah. And you can tell like, there's that there are a couple steps removed, you know, like we're lunatics, we're horror Mm -hmm. fools. There are a couple steps removed. They like their scary movies, Halloween, you know, October rolls around. They're going to watch their, their flicks, but you can tell there are a couple steps removed. And I like that perspective. I like that. Um, cause th- 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 these are the type of folks that like, you want to keep in mind when you're writing your movies, like you don't want to go in too deep and be too niche, you know, cause a lot of people like scary movies, but they're not freak shows like you. So I like this article and I came across another one that we will never do, but yeah, this oh, one. This what's one, this one, it, one then? It's a, it's a tease. So if one of us is sick, we'll just do this article. Okay. This, this one's from looper.com. Oh boy. And, and it's every Friday the 13th movie, ending explained. Yeah. I don't what think is a this? lot. Yeah. <laughs> we,
1: we got it with Halloween Kills, too. The Halloween Kills ending explained. I thought it
0: was pretty. Cut and dried. I remember when reaction videos were a thing and then there was a million. It was a big thing. And now it seems movie endings explained is just going to happen no matter what movie it is, no matter what TV show it is, regardless of how complicated or simple it is. There's going to be articles and YouTube videos ending explained. Okay. (laughs) I guess if you must... Thank
1: you. I mean, some of them, some, some of these movies' endings need explanation. They're, eh, the problem that I find with these uh, endings explained, I'm glad you asked, is a lot of them are, you know, they're, they're not positions of authority on the writing of the movie or making of it or anything. And they're just, yeah they're, they're e- they either don't need explanation so it's easy to explain it because it's very cut and dried. Or you don't know. You're just
0: making, you're just guessing. Yeah. The, it's a theory. But that's not going to get a click. mm Ending theory. No, no, no. Ending explained facts.
1: Done. 10 things that don't make sense about Camp Crystal Lake. You're not going to believe number seven. Just won't believe it. All right. And then a picture of Miley Cyrus. And you're like, where's this picture in the slideshow? I've been clicking for an hour. They'll
0: get you. They'll get you. They'll get you. All right. And then I came across another list. There's so many lists. We're not okay. going to do them. We're not going to do them. Top okay. 15 slasher villains ranked by likability. <laughs> what does
1: that even mean well chucky's got to be close to the top
0: i said we're not doing it i know
1: but when, when we do because we will uh bookmark he's, Chucky's at the
0: top five he's at the top he's five.
2: gotta
1: be
0: that. he's gotta be
1: i mean mike's got no personality
0: oh very true. he's very yeah socially distant
1: i'm sure can you imagine what jason smells like at any at in any movie lake jason Ogre Jason, Dead oh, Jason, man. none of them smell good. You will be surprised where he is
0: on this list then.
1: Mm. Yeah, because likability to 30. me implies like person. What? <laughs> <laughs> do they mean like that's, that's it coolest or do they mean? Guy you'd have a beer with. It would. He wouldn't make the top 100. <laughs> Guy you'd have a beer with. You could have a beer with Chucky. You could have a beer with Pinhead maybe.
0: So I think it's lovable because uh, the author okay. had to do an update. Uh, best slasher movie villains are the most memorable killers from Boobadoo. What, but, but which is the most lovable slasher villain of them all? They all have a lot going against them, but a few have some sympathetic qualities and are even a little genuinely charismatic. The most likable villains. Because <sighs> you just feel sorry for him, I guess. Feel sorry I for him. I, I'll, nah, I'll give you that one. We're, we're
1: not we are not doing it. <laughs> Number three, do I see Chucky? <laughs> show me Chucky. I need a family feud board now. Yeah, we That's do. That's how there this show is going to work, <laughs> the video. That was a good um, article. That was, that, that, that was a fun, yeah. It was fun. Episode 13. I wasn't going to be the one to say it, but Dale said it. Hey, it's episode 13. We have to talk about Friday the 13th. I said, of course at any, any moment I get to talk about it, I will.
0: If they're going to tee it up like that, mm-hmm. fine. Set yeah. that table.
1: Yeah, we didn't skip episode 13. Mm-mm. No way. We have a very special part of the podcast coming up. An interview with Bal Kang from the UK. He is a filmmaker and he's got a movie coming out from his, his company, Apotheosis. Productions called Mother Mortis. And Dale and I. Dale asked some great questions. Dale and I interview him about that production, his start, where this is going, the the Trauma app, Trauma Now, Trauma Now. So uh, stick around and listen to that interview. Welcome to Slasherville. I'm here. This is a very special episode. We're doing a video, and we have an interview here to get started. I want to welcome onto the show, Bal Kang from Apotheosis Productions. Welcome to Slasherville.
0: Hey. (laughs) Hello. So we're going to be interviewing this, uh, this young filmmaker with a very interesting film here, and I can't wait to get into it. The film is Mother Mortis. And the <laughs> filmmaker is Ball Kang. So I want to start with the log line on this because this shit is crazy <laughs> and I love it. So here's, here's the log line here. <clears throat> A transvestite serial killer trying to sacrifice enough souls to raise an ancient demon.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you know what? It was like, I've always loved slushes, And obviously like, I'm on Slasherville, so it's like you yeah, know, it's great. Um, and uh, my journey, like, it's it's only been, it only started really in 2018 when I started making short films. So, like, this is going to be my first feature, which is coming out. It's not the first feature that I made, funnily enough, um, because I made a feature before this, but I still haven't finished post production on that. I so know this that one, game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that one is called Defenders Eternal, and that's basically. Like a live-action sort of fantasy film based on Norse mythology, telling the story of Ragnarok from uh, the point of view of Loki, um, but no, like Marvel Loki, like evil Loki. So, like a real evil Loki. Um, yeah, that you know, that's quite different to, to Mother Mortis. Nice. It sounds so, like
0: it. So, <laughs> where did you get the idea for this one? Just a a, a bad nap that took a wrong turn somewhere a transvestite serial killer you just always wanted to do a slasher but why this slasher why this idea
2: um i guess the way it sort of came about was i was looking to do a slasher um, and i wanted to make one and i wanted to do something which is a bit different from you know the iconic slashers like you know freddy michael myers um, jason um and I was quite inspired from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, you know, and Hills Have Eyes and stuff like that. Um, And this sort of came about really because I was with my friend um, and also um, a writer and actor, um, Jay Adams. And he, he had a mask that he bought, an old um, man's mask, and we were going to use it for a different film and it came and it looked terrible. So he turned it inside out. We did what, obviously what John Carpenter did with uh, the William Shatner mask, for Michael, we turned it inside out and he put the wig on and he sent me a picture of it. And that was Mother Mortis, which, which I had in my mind as soon as he sent me that picture. Um, and then I was like, yeah, that's it. Like, you know, we can work on just that, um, you know, and from that, we made a short film and everything really started from the short film. And then, it's sort of spiraled out of control into a feature film.
0: <laughs> yeah. Good way to put it. Yeah. That's a nice uh, budget friendly solution. Just turn that mask inside out. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Save yeah. some money Cause uh, some of the special effects look uh, pretty damn good. Uh, I was doing a little deep dive and I saw that you're working with April Green, who's doing some, uh, some special effects with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That stuff looks uh, very, very good, which uh, is important when you're going to do a slasher film.
2: Yeah. um, April is real, is real good. Like she is actually a tutor um, at college here in the UK that she teaches people um, like prosthetics and SFX. And she likes gore and her favorite films like Hellraiser and stuff. So she, 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 yeah, she's, she, you know, she's a big pinhead fan. Um, And I met her and, you know, we, we get on really well and she's brilliant because she does all the practical effects and I try to keep all the films practical effects as much as possible. So, you know, like we make the prosthetics, you know, we, we do all our DIY like filmmaking, filling them with blood, making guts, doing all that sort of stuff. Um and then what we do is we add a little touch of VFX where just needed. A, just a little do. bit. Just a yeah, little Yeah, yeah. Just a little sprinkle, like um, you know, sparingly. Um, but I have a really good SFX team like you know I have April, um, Abby, um, Abigail Hunt who's also one of April's students um, and she's really good at doing things like say if things go wrong like Abby is really good at like stepping in and working out situations um, and then I've also got Hazel and Hazel's been with me from the start and Hazel is like a specialist in making masks. She made the a reptile mask for Jormungander, like the world serpent in Norse mythology, um, which looked amazing. She also made Hell, the Mask of Hell, which was like half skeleton. She did that. And Jay as well. Jay makes prosthetics and SFX and Hannah. Hannah does like prosthetics and SFX as well. So we've got a big team. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
0: Very good. Yeah. A lot of practical, a little CGI, because you got to be careful, especially with that that bad CGI blood splatter. Oh. That is the worst. Keep it out. Don't yeah, want to see no. it. No, definitely
1: or, not. Or maybe, you know, the CGI of a poorly made mask for Halloween yeah. H2O. <laughs> that shot in H2O. Oh, man, it looks like uh, Diablo 1. <laughs> yeah. So, Bal, tell me a little bit about your story. I feel like I don't know why, maybe because a lot of horror movies are sort of low budget that we love, but I feel like a lot of horror fans go down the route of wanting to make their own films more so than other genres, but that could just be my bias. So tell me a little bit about your story, how you made the jump from someone that just loves horror movies to making your own productions.
2: Like, yeah, um, it's always a bit of a weird story I guess everyone has their own but mine was my background is in law and that's what I sort of trained in doing and stuff and working a nine-to-five for like many years and there came a point where I watched loads of horror films and I always loved 80s and 90s horror films they were like my I guess, like, my comfort blanket and thing that I'd go to when I wanted to just relax. And I know that sounds weird because, like, people getting their heads cut off and stuff, people would think that's relaxing. But to me, like, it's relaxing. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, and I came to a point where, like, um, a close family member of mine had, like, had a heart attack and they were in hospital and I went to visit them. And that was really actually my first time having to visit somebody in hospital like that. And it just triggered off in a very cliched, probably, sense, like, you know, what I, I want to do something which, like, makes me happy. Um, yeah, and I've always had an interest in, like, trying to make films, um, and I just never had the actual balls to, to do it. And I just took the step and thought, yeah, I'm going to try. And I made one short film, uh, which is called Friend Amongst Fiends, which was, like, no budget all my films are no budget but like that was super like nothing like and I had no idea what I was doing and I put that together it got into some festivals won a few awards people liked it and then I made Mother Mortis the short film and then that also like I've sort of learned as I've made films and that's sort of been my film school I guess and I've learned what to do right and things that failed which I've you know, gone back to a drawing board and made new plans. And I'm still learning loads like every day. Um, and it's like the passion, I guess, that drives me like wanting to make horror films, which I like, enjoy sci-fi and fantasy films. Like I tried to make films, which I'd want to watch, but they haven't been made yet. Um, and that's, I guess that's sort of my, yeah, my journey yeah. so far.
0: Yeah, taking that next step from the short films to the features how did how did that work what's uh if i may ask what is the, what's what was the budget how'd you get financing were you over there selling whatever you have in the house to get this thing <laughs> made
2: yeah so like obviously short films you know naturally like the budget is small like there are some people that you know are lucky to have a lot of money and they've got a lot of money into the short film and and that's great but I didn't have anything to make the two first short films. Like literally I paid for just stuff myself. And I didn't have any funding and I had my own camera and I learned how to use that. And I, I brought that just by saving up money. Um, and, and Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> there um, you go. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I guess like the jump is quite big. From going from a short to a feature, it, it's massive. Like, I'll be honest with you, the, the hardest thing is keeping people interested in the project, um, you know, keeping the momentum going and dealing with the obstacles. Like, for example, if an actor drops out, or if, you know, for some reason something goes wrong on the day that we don't have, or the shot doesn't go right, or we wasted a prosthetic, or something like that. And then we're in a situation where, it's much harder if you're doing a short and you've only got one or two people helping you where you can solve that situation. But when you're doing a feature and when when I'm doing a feature, I have a bigger team of about 10, 15 people. They being my crew, like I can say, you figure this out while I go and try to do, and you know, it's easier to delegate those tasks and have people you trust. Um, The crucial thing is picking the right team. You know, like I'm really blessed that I've got such a, team but you know that also comes from trial and error in that i've rebuilt my sfx team like three times now and now we've settled on sort of four key people and we're we're in a stable position but before then people coming and going so yeah feature-wise budget for mother mortis again um i think the whole budget altogether was about um less than a grand um, and that was mainly materials and uh, people and locations. And a lot of it was hustling, like, you know, uh, getting free locations, talking to people that own the locations, making friends with them really, and, and, and going there and respecting the location as you film. So you don't have oh, yeah. a bad reputation, you know, as a filmmaker, um,
0: especially if it's a good location, you might want to go back there. <sighs> <now>. Yeah, Do
2: yeah. <laughs> You know what the thing is, is, honestly like in the uk i found so many good locations and you know we've got a lot of history here like rich history like desolate sort of like run down decrepit abbeys which people have just left abandoned old tudor houses moors you know there's loads of different stuff but you've just got to be clever right because when i filmed defenders in yorkshire and we were on this massive rolling moor um which which is like as far as the eye can see and we're filming in a big intro sort of um scene which we can only do in one take and you see a ranger roll up in in his car and i was thinking oh my god he's ruined the whole shot and then he moved us because that was like rare land which we shouldn't have been on because it was like some birds nesting blah 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 so he moved us and you can imagine like 20 30 people all dressed like vikings like in fantasy gear with like giant swords, like walking down the street of some quiet English village. Um, oh yeah. And then hey. when, when I went back and looked at the footage, we managed just to quick, clever editing to take him out and save the footage. So there's always ways around um, not having a budget through being creative and, and using oh, yeah. your team's resources sort of thing.
0: So yeah, that seems like a very cost efficient budget very nice (laughs) and one of the things that piqued my interest uh regarding your project in this interview in general is uh mother mortis is going to be distributed uh, on trauma now in february 2022 and i'm a i'm a trauma guy i like those trauma movies so i have some questions for you on that front Uh, did you get a chance to talk to lloyd kaufman by any chance
2: no not yet Um, yet. yeah okay yeah i'm excited um brace yourself yeah (laughs) Um, i've been following troma like since childhood like obviously like toxic avenger like uh, sergeant kabuki man all them sort of films that i grew up on and Poultry geist and and you know the new one shakespeare shitstorm which looks amazing which i want to watch um and yeah definitely you know troma not troma now is like the b movie netflix and you know it's like it's a must for cult people like you know like so I've signed up, like I've got loads of people to be signing up, and Mother Mortis will be on Troma Now. Um, and I'm excited about that. I've spoken to some people at Troma and they're such a nice bunch. Um and I'm just I'm just, you know, honored to be on Troma Now and next to a lot of other good films. So Yeah, yeah, you're Very gonna excited. be
0: you're gonna be in good company there. And I, it, when I read your log line, it made me wonder were you inspired at all by a uh, trauma's terror firmer because that's also like a transvestite killer doing stuff
2: yeah yeah a lot a lot um i think um when i watched that it sort of that sort of image stuck in my mind for like a long time and, and it is quite different and you know there's a lot of films which obviously that own on now like maniac cop and stuff like that frank kind basket case and all, all those films oh, again
1: Yep, there it is. It's yeah. like the
2: fourth time on the show that we
1: brought up Basket
2: Case. Yeah, like Basket Case 2 is my favourite, personally. Uh, I think that's like a work of art. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, and the thing is, is like being indie, um, it's quite hard to like get a distributor or somebody interested in the film. And I was quite lucky in that I sent the short Mother Mortis to Terminal's team and they liked it, and we agreed that they'll put the feature on. Um, and at the moment, they haven't seen the feature, um, and they'll be obviously the first ones to get it, but um, they're very excited um, and they, they wanted to put the short on. So I said, you know, the, sh- the feature is like way, way better. Because to give you a little bit of information about the film, um, it's split into six chapters. So I split it into six chapters. Um, according to the six chapters that I filmed, because I filmed them in, in that order. And each chapter sort of shows more of what's actually going on and escalates, I guess, in madness and, um, you know, gore. Um, there's nine on-screen kills on Mother Mortis, and I've tried to do as many as possible because, obviously, for me... Um, on-screen kills are like really important like i love on-screen kills um yeah. and yeah um so i'm excited for you guys to definitely see it you yeah. <laughs> know
0: nine <laughs> yeah we're boys. excited too nine bloody gruesome on-screen kills can't wait for that how, how long is it not 90 minutes
2: um, yeah, it's an hour and 20 minutes um and yeah, it's, it's always quite difficult, like, doing the kills because you don't want to do too, too many similar kills or kills which have been done too often before. So we've got some crazy kills in there, like electrocution. Good. Um, we've got, like, wrench bashing someone's head in. You know, we've got um, a few others, like knife and head and, and stuff like that. And
0: do, so- do we have any cantaloupe head squishings?
2: <laughs> uh, we we actually we do uh, and i actually uh I actually used the trauma technique for that, which um hannah um made the fake head out of um watermelon um and we coated it in latex and uh we filled it up with loads of other stuff um nice yeah, you're gonna enjoy that scene. yeah i'll
0: be I'll be looking for that one specifically can't wait for that so did so. You did just about everything here: uh, director, uh, writer. You wrote it as well.
2: Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I wrote, um, directed, and I've edited it. Um, cameraman um, Rick um, Rick Smith is is really great, and he also does a lot of helping me um, practically in making stuff because he's an engineer. Hannah and Jay are the producers. Jay also plays Mother Mortis and also did some of the SFX. So he's a very talented guy. Um, Hannah did all the set and um, um, set production, set design and production design. And 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 then, yeah, then we've got um, my music guy. So I've got a composer um, that is a musician in Switzerland, and he made all the music from Mother Mortis, um, literally painstakingly for each chapter. Um and it sounds amazing because you know more music is real key especially with horror films oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also i've got um a really exciting u.s rapper who's like basically like tech nine and does a lot of like Ooh. horrible dark music and his oh, name is e- yeah his name's enoch mortis and you can find him on my page he's also um He's also big into like splatter films, and he'd love your you guys' podcast uh, for sure.
1: <laughs> Enoch <laughs> awesome. Mortis,
2: yeah. I okay, don't that, I don't know if
1: I'm familiar with that. Uh, we'll what check him out. If he's it. like Tech Nine, then I'll have to check him out.
2: Oh, you you'll love it. Like I actually don't really listen to too much music nowadays. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I listen to him in my car um, quite a lot, and he's got really dark lyrics, but a lot of sort of based on horror movies and also do like um, snippets of horror movies within his music. So you'll uh, really like it. You'll really, really like it. I do like that. I like when they do that.
0: that sounds I'm, like, I'm like, I know that I know that movie and I like this beat. Everything's going very yeah. well. Now I don't want to make you choose, but I'm very curious. Are there any standout performances that we should be looking out for any actors or actresses that just nailed it? And you can't wait for us to see them do their thing.
2: Wow. Um there's quite a lot. Um there are a few um that really stood out. Um obviously Jay as Mother Mortis because oh, yeah. he did a fab job. Um, and he got his hands bloody. Um and it wasn't easy wearing the the mask. So Jay did a great job. He's definitely a star in the making. Um there was also Kathy, um, who Kathy Griffiths and she plays one of the evil witches, like the over-witch, you'd like to say. And she was amazing. A lot of hard dialogue, which she absolutely nailed. Um, my final girl, Holly, she was great. Holly, Holly Laura Platt, she, she was fabulous as well. And there's another actor in there, Mark, um, who plays, um, I won't ruin it for you, but he's a very interesting character. And he's got probably the most controversial scene in the whole film. In which? Oh man, see, um, he's doing. Had, te- he's
0: teasing the shit out of it. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah,
2: I had I had one person puke up on that uh, in that scene. Um, I had two people walk off set, and I had one of the minors who was on the scene acting as well have to be taken off just for one scene because it was that bad. And when I've shown it to people, <laughs> like even the composer, he's just been utterly shocked, and he said to me. I'm, I'm really stuck with how I'm going to work with that. So we, you know, I got, we got to see, I want to see it so bad. You're going <laughs> to really like that. And what I'm going to do for you guys, I'm going to send both of you guys, um, a DVD, um, of the film once it's out, um, just to say thank you for the podcast. So we'll, we'll speak about that anyway. Um, when it's oh, well, out.
1: We, we greatly appreciate it. We, we, uh, appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Um, we we hooked up on Instagram. We just uh, found each other on there, and you were promoting this film, and I looked into it, and I sent it to to Dale right away. I said, "This looks like it's right up our alley." So, tell me a little bit about the the writing of it. Did you did you did you come at it with a character idea first, or a a sort of a broader story idea? Uh, Was it more of a setting? Like what was the, what was the genesis of the story writing process of it?
2: The, the story really was, yeah, based on the character of Mother Mortis. So when we started to show off, um, we didn't have any uh, plans to do any feature. Um, and we only had three actors and very minimal sort of props, but we had an abandoned fishery in, um, in Yorkshire, which was right next to the Humber uh, Humber River. And it was like all ruined and free access and just destroyed. So we thought we're going to build it based on the character and also based on the location that we've got and keep it quite minimal so that, you know, it's 10 minutes but just, you know, a lot of tension, a lot of action. Um, Then from there, obviously I made the short, I sent it out to festivals and it got, I think it's got into... 20 festivals so far it's won three awards um and those are festivals all over so there's one in Canada there's some like in Europe Asia everywhere and after we got such a good I guess you know sort of welcome for, for Mother Mortis I started plotting and this was we filmed it all during lockdown so we filmed it in March 2021 where we went down in the UK um, and that was the reason why I had to keep it such a small group because a lot of people weren't willing to come out and do it. But I thought, um, I want to film, so we're going to go out and film. And then, sure. um, and then, um, and then we filmed part two about a month later, in which I got some more actors, and then I just carried on a continuation of the story. So part one and part two run sort of continuous, and then part three, four five and six are you know set you know a year after the events from one and two so it's all ex- when you're watching it to say chapter one a year later etc so people know when things have taken place and to give that effect as well we also use different filters so that one and two look a bit more grainy as if they're older mm-hmm. um, and a bit of a cleaner filter on parts three four and five mm-hmm. and six um And yeah, and it's just like the love of doing it just kept us wanting to make more, um, you know, until the point where I thought, "Well, I've got an hour and twenty minutes. I just need to stop and edit." (laughs) So it
1: sounds like you almost took like a miniature, um, like turned it into a series, compressed into one movie.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's because
1: like we all grew up with those movies, series in the eighties, and the seventies, eighties, nineties, and you know they have several sequels and it sounds like you tried to condense that down into one feature, which that's, it sounds interesting. Uh, you mentioned before Dale hopped on here, uh, my, why, why can't I do this? Cause it's a mirror. It's not a mirror. This, okay. this guy here. Yeah. You said, you said that Jason was your favorite slasher. Yes. And yeah. you're on the 13th episode of Slasherville.
2: Oh, so it's meant to be. <laughs>
1: so, uh, Give me a, a favorite Jason moment.
2: Oh, so mine would be, I guess, for well, my favorite, which is Jason Lives.
1: Um, oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, that's interesting my, pick. That, that's definitely my favorite. I think that was probably my favorite because that was the first one I watched when I was younger. And then I went back and watched everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite moment probably isn't that bit. It isn't from that film it's probably from jason takes manhattan where he uh, is in the subway um and that's probably my favorite bit and then from jason lives it's when um jason gets dug up um and um basically goes on his killing spree that was there probably my two favorite bits
1: that from- opening sequence the sort of yeah. frankenstein's monster yeah he's, he's reinvigorated
2: yeah, that was, also, the first
1: thing, uh, that was the first thing Bile mentioned when we, when we hopped on yeah. together <laughs> is that
2: he saw the hockey mask and he said, oh,
1: Jason's my favorite slasher. And I thought, oh, I didn't see that coming. Hmm.
2: Yeah. interesting. Um, I like Victor Crawley as well from uh, Hatchet. Hatchet is a good sort of, you know, right. less known. Um, one film that I saw really recently, which, you know, I'm, I'm guessing you guys have probably seen Street Trash, which I absolutely love. And you should definitely watch that. Street I have not trash. seen that. Street yeah, Trash. So street Trash is like a very, very, it falls in the niche of like the Melt movies. Um, and it's like, it's it, you'll never see anything else like that, basically. It, it's from the 80s. The special effects are insane. Story's really good. And yeah. That's my recommendation. If you got if 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 I say to you guys, you know, from this podcast, go watch something. Street Trash. Watch it. You'll you'll love it. Yeah. Nice.
0: I'm walking away with so much homework from this.
2: <laughs> Damn, I love street it. No, this is
0: trash. great. Alrighty, here. So uh as we wrap up here, I, I have a question here. Obviously, this is going to be a bloody film. It's going to be a gory film. If, if you could. Rated on a 1 through 10 blood gore scale, what are we looking at?
2: Oh, I'd probably rate it on um, an 8.5. In that, obviously, it's got nine kills all on screen. They're all really bloody. um, And it's got a lot of other sort of stuff to it, elements to it which will definitely make people that watch feel uncomfortable. So, yeah, I'd give it an 8.5 um, at the moment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we'll check in. We'll check in and we'll, we'll see how it stacks up to the 8.5. We'll see yeah. <laughs> if, you are, if you are over or under.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: <laughs> I just want to thank you so much for coming on. It, uh, it means a lot. You're the first interview we've gotten on the new, on the new format, Slash Reveal. Uh, seems like a good fit for our first yeah. interview 13th uh, we- episode hall of fame or now you're in the hall of fame you're in the hall of fame you're in the Slasherville
2: hall of fame thank you very much guys it's such a pleasure joining you uh, such a great time
0: <laughs> so, so yeah mother mortis uh february 2022 trauma now uh which is like five bucks a month i'm sure they have some free trials get it going uh on there where, where can people find you on on the on the internets
2: um, so obviously, people can find me on uh, Instagram at Apotheosis Productions. Um, we've also launched. Uh, I've also launched a horror film festival called Splatterfest, um, which I would love to get you guys involved in. So we'll, we'll speak about that. And that is four dollars, three pounds, and also you get the chance to win distribution of your film if you win best feature. You get the chance to win your film being made into merchandise if you win best short. And if you win best death scene, you get a custom action figure um, of Mother Mortis um, <laughs> sent to you um, from um, a guy who makes them called a Ghoul of Gabba. So definitely check that out. Um, thank you very much, Slash reveal. Um, so 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 honored to be on board.
1: We'll put your links in the description on the episode uh, for Apotheosis Productions on Instagram. Bal Kang, thank you so much for coming on. Anytime you want to come on, you let us know. It was a pleasure meeting you, and we wish you the best.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. Take care. What a great
0: interview that was with Bal Kang. Nice kid. What a nice, nice, sweet fellow that makes the most disturbing art. So nice.
1: (laughs) He was so nice, so gracious. He's six hours ahead of us. But he, oh, yeah. he scheduled everything around our American time over here.
0: Yeah, so, so make sure you, you follow him. Follow that movie, because that's coming out in February. Uh, he got me hooked. Nine bloody-ass kills. There's a, a trauma head squishing in there. Mm-hmm. I shall see you in February. So check out Ball Balkan and Mother Mortis. And trauma now uh, coming up on uh, the beginning of the year here. Uh, as far as we go... It's Mosey on out. You can follow me at Dale Zawada on all the socials, and as far as Slasherville goes, at Slasherville Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You got YouTube?
1: it. You know Not how yet? YouTube is. Not we'll yet. Get there. Not yet. We'll get. We're getting some videos up now. If you like what we're doing and you want to help support the podcast. You can go to anchor.fm forward slash slash reveal pod. Send us a voice message. We got some voice messages to get to for next week. Ooh, yep, exciting. We got some a voice message uh, for sure from Lewis. He's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. He's got another question. You can follow Sweet. us on there. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review on the iTunes podcast app and if you uh, if you want to go that extra step you can go to patreon.com forward slash slasherville pod and subscribe to one of the patron tiers there
0: Do and that helps keep us going yeah and we're toying with the idea of having a, a patreon tier where you are going to get these shows. Live. Live as we record them with video. Me and my condo. Jim over there with Michael Myers hanging out behind, over his fucking shoulder. um So you get to see all the mistakes, all the all the slip ups that we do not cannot save in editing because it's in real time. So that could be a tear for you. We're working on that. Otherwise, I think that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jay Dunde, and I am the. Crystal
1: Lake Channel.